You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. For this episode, we'll be talking about Circle Jerks, Group Sex. On the line, I have Rob. Hey, what's up? I got the world up my ass. Ben. (laughs) Nice car anyway. (laughs) And Kyle. Don't care. Group Sex is the debut album by the American hardcore punk band Circle Jerks. It was released on October 1st, 1980 by Frontier Records. The producer was the Circle Jerks and Kerry Markoff. And the genre is hardcore punk. I'm going to read from the book. Tim Scott. While there were faster, angrier, and more frenetic punk bands in the L.A. punk scenes of the 1980s, none could fuse politics and fun as well as the Circle Jerks did on their classic debut, Group Sex. Formed in 1980 when original Black Flag singer Keith Morris left the band to start his own, along with former Red Cross guitarist Greg Henson, Roger Rogerson on bass, and Lucky Lear on drums, the quartet quickly earned a reputation as beer-swilling wild men who helped define the party punk scene of the time. Despite its brevity, 14 songs in fewer than 15 minutes, Group Sex is a raw, witty, and focused document of adolescent frustration that stands alongside Black Flag's Damage and TSOL's debut for all-out slam-dancing rage. Morris's snotty spoken word-like delivery in Hetson and Letcher's draw-dropping four-stomp rhythm changes on songs about alienation, sex, and drugs make this a must-have for any self-respecting punk rocker, an album that even excited the interest of legendary BBC DJ John Peel. In later years, Hedson went on to join Bad Religion. The remaining members floundered, even resorting to a gimmick of recording with bland pop singer Debbie Gibson. But still, there is no doubting the influence that group sex has uh, on a whole new generation of Southern California party punk bands such as NoFX and The Vandals. All right. What do we think of Circle Jerks, Group Sex? Classic. I love it. First listen. Seminal. First listen. First listen. Yeah. Oh. Uh, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. And and I also love how long it is. I, I don't know if I could do like a 40-minute album. Interesting. But uh, like just like 15 minutes of just like compressed teen fury is an awesome treat. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I guess you're right. I never really thought about just the the length of it being the right length. I always just thought, oh, it's so short, just like the Ramones or those Minor Threat albums or, you know, any sort of hardcore punk where it's 15, 15 songs in 15 minutes or whatever. But you're right. It does make a difference because like they you, get in, they get to the point and they get out and it never stops. It's just constantly coming at you like a fire hose. It, it's awesome. Yeah, a little bit more might have might have dragged it down a little bit. Might have um, you might have you know started to notice the cracks of hey these songs only have three chords or hey this he's not really uh, doing much other than you know shouting into the mic. But man, it's great. 
it's cool stuff. Uh, someone who's like like way way like hardcore punk is their genre could probably argue like like no, I want I want ninety minutes of this, you know. But uh, but but for me with my ears, th- this is like a, a great length for an album, just as in your face and aggressive and and fast as so much. There's just so much packed in, you know. How do we think this stacks up though with those other LA bands like the Germs? Uh, Dead Kennedys. I mean, we recently talked about them. Where does where does uh, Circle Jerks fit in with that? Dead Kennedys were San Francisco based, so we can't necessarily we, we can do California. But it, I mean, that's a what what is uh, LA? Like hundred miles. Yeah, that, it, no, it, that, it's, that, it's a long distance. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't you can't conflate those two scenes. And um, I, I I prefer this to the Germs. Um, I I think that the songs are better and. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm biased. I, I I love this. It makes me want to pick know, up a skateboard man. and hit the streets, and I cannot <laughs> skateboard. But it just make like yeah, it's funny you say that. the The cover is um of the skate park of a bunch of people at the skate park um that they later obviously colorized post production. But that's just a a gang of teens, you know, just at the skate park that they took a picture of, and there you go. Yeah, so, Birch, when was the when was the first time you heard this record? Uh, it was high school. Uh, I had a cousin who, again, introduced me to all everything. You know, Black Flag, um, Crass. Uh, I'd been into the like Clash. My brothers got into like a little of the more popular sort of punk rock stuff, but he got me into the sort of like uh, West Coast, Dead Kennedys, uh, Circle Jerks. And I remember, I think I got, was it Wild Gift? No, not Wild Gift. That's X. Um, maybe it was Golden Shower. Wild in the Streets? Wild in the Streets. That's oh. what it was. Yeah, Golden Shower of Hits. Yeah, Golden Shower of Hits. But I remember thinking uh, Circle Jerks are not really my style. I just, I didn't really get it at the time. For some reason, Black Flag hit me a bit harder. Um, I don't know if it was Rollins, sort of that throaty Rollins voice and Misfits the same way I like baritone singers, but this time around, you know, it, it, it's maybe it's just a welcome change from what we've been listening to, but it's, it's, it's great. Yeah. I kind of felt like the circle jerks and, and the germs were sort of, I kind of lumped them together and I sh- probably shouldn't have, uh, because I'm not a big germs fan, but circle jerks definitely, uh, is elevated from what I remembered. signed this band uh, for a cover show in Bloomington back in the early-ish aughts. 2004. Yeah, for a uh, like a humane society benefit. It was a whole decline of Western civilization. So some pumps got uh, got circle jerks, which is why, uh, I mean, having to learn all these songs made me really appreciate just how way more complicated than they sound and much, much faster than I was 
ever going to play ever again after, <laughs> yeah. after learning that shit. I, it was insane how hard it is to play this music. Well, uh, that, that's actually yeah. a great segue, Rob. These songs do sound really simple, and I'm sure they are. I'm, I'm sure they are way harder than they sound to play, but they they sound, you know, rudimentary. But this band is so they're tight. They are so tight. Yeah, I remember watching that documentary. Uh, I think it was in 2004. We played the show, and that's I knew the Circle Jerks. I uh, our buddy Chris in high school had Golden Shower of Hits, and I kind of remember like on MTV, like them teaming up with who was it, Debbie Gibson? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, they were kind of a joke at that point. Yeah. But um, when we got to this record, you know, 2004, I had just I had just moved to Bloomington. I was living hand to mouth with like Rob and James, uh, and we had a show, and we, I had to learn the lyrics for all these songs. Uh, and I just remember listening to this album over and over and over and like just listening to it again. Like, uh, that's why I was kind of curious about Ben, your first like impressions, because this is just so ingrained in my brain now, like these songs. I mean, they're short, but they're very dynamic and exciting. And um, yeah, the brevity's great. You know, they, they stop and, and just, turn on a dime. You go from operation smokes, you know, just this four on the floor rocker. Then you go into back against the wall and there's that. Uh, the drums on this record are just so, uh, I don't want to say iconic, but th- so they're just, just, yeah, he, he came from a jazz background. Uh, like yeah, okay. he, he was, he was the one guy who was like, like knew, knew how to play like really well. Um, and he made the most of it. Guitar. Yeah, luck, lucky, lucky Lehrer, uh, is jazz trained. And then the bass player, Ro- uh, Roger Rogerson is a classically trained guitarist. No fucking shit. Yeah. Well, never me mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's really what sets this sort of album, this group apart is just, they were, they were tight and they knew they had the anger of sort of, of the time of, of the youth. But at the same time, they definitely came from that rock classical, like the backgrounds where they, (laughs) they could definitely play. They could rip it These songs are so fast and frantic, but they never sound like they're about to fall apart like say maybe a germ song would yeah yeah i think that's what that that's what makes it for me like they're they're so solid and the lyrics really just uh, just it paints like a pastiche i don't know it paints like an image of like you know this area at this time you know just you know this we're listening to right now we have operation you know playing uh which is about like a sex change operation and you go to back against the wall it's about tussling with cops protesting and I thought Operation was about getting a vasectomy. Oh, you're right. I'm, I apologize. Just, just a, just Sorry. a, yeah. I tie, I tie my balls together. I, I yeah, cannot okay. follow father life. <laughs> What's inside's not alive. It's I awful. misspoke. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> I missed that uh, as well. I assumed it was uh, like a, a reassignment surgery with the s- snip and tuck, I guess. <laughs> but anyway, and it's bratty. It's bratty, <laughs> but it's dark and it's desperate. And uh, the, the vocal delivery is... It's not too varied, but it's it's very exciting. It's a very exciting record. Absolutely. Keith Morris has a cool delivery. Very cool. Nervous Breakdown is one of my favorite, you know, punk songs. That first seven inch of Black Flag with him doing Nervous Breakdown. Jeez. Did they just not get along? Why did he leave Black Flag and start a different did not, hardcore punk band? Did not get along. I mean, it was it was purely a difference of sort of a... I don't know what you would say, but, but even yeah, so Rollin, not necessarily musical differences, just uh, not really that compatible as, as dudes. Yeah. I think that's yeah, what it was. Greg, 
Greg Ginn is not a uh, no. You can get along with very well. <laughs> I mean, he definitely, he wasn't he wasn't digging the uh, getting hammered all the time thing that uh, uh, Keith Morris was very much into. It wasn't wasn't wasted. A Black Flag era Keith Morris song. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. He also wrote uh, Behind the Door at the same time. Black Flag made the version of it called Room 13. And, yep. uh, Don't care in red tape. I got this uh, I got this Keith Morris uh, biography here. If I Whoa. could read you a, a tiny passage out of it. It's made with the help of a big bag of, of weed. Lucky had a friend <laughs> who had a friend who worked at the studio over at a Desilude lot in Culver City which was owned by Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz of I Love Lucy. So we can thank Desi and Lucille for introducing the world to group sex. With the help of a grocery <laughs> bag full of weed of dubious quality, we were able to record there. Because Lucky's friend was the one who greased the skids and got the studio, he was given credit as the producer on the record. Normally the producer is someone with musical know-how who shepherds the band through the recording process like a director guiding actors in a movie. That wasn't the case with this record. But yeah, they... Uh, so Kerry Markoff is just Lucky's friend that that had an inside track. Yeah. Okay. So th- th- this was recorded with a bag of uh, ditch weed, um, and they got into the grocery studio. Grocery bag of ditch weed. Grocery <laughs> bag of ditch weed. Then <laughs> they got into the studio just randomly. So like they might be able to, they would get a phone call saying the studio's open at any time of night. They'd go in three or four hours, lay some stuff down, go home, wait by the phone couple of days would go by hey studio's open drive back to culver city re-record and this hat like few weeks of this is how this record happened which was surprising to me because it just sounds like the way it's mixed that they just ran through it once and were done yep yeah mm-hmm. yeah testament to how the, how the record flows together like the track track wise this is a very well um sequenced record i think yeah, the sequencing is perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, can we say anything bad about it? <laughs> We've been laying praise on it so much. I'm starting to think it's too short now that I'm listening to it one more time. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did. I did just loop it. So we're going to listen to it probably three times in the time we're talking. Not I picked up the audio cassette of this album and it was just the same album on both sides. <laughs> it was still a short little tape. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> yeah. I guess you, if you really stretched, you could probably put it on both sides of an LP that'd be mm-hmm. kind of a, uh, that'd be a thin yeah. thin LP but um I think you could it's, do it I think if you were you to play a 45 at 33 it could work <laughs> <laughs> somebody get the calculator yeah uh, or, or just a, or or just a 10 inch 10 inch oh. both sides would work too no I I don't have any I don't have any bad things to say about this record all of my positive associations I have with it just like as a human and like yeah it's it's hilarious and smart and just really well performed which is a thing that you couldn't say with the germs record yeah um, i agree lyrically it was 
lyrically, the Germs record was fucking wonderful, but like player wise, like this is just leaps and bounds above like any of that shit. And yeah, like, I don't know. This is when I think of hardcore punk, this is the thing that comes to mind. Like this is, this is absolutely like, you know, in the building of that, like almost to the point where like some of the stuff just sounds like kind of thrash, which mm-hmm. is, you know, it's awesome. I, I told you guys about, I was coming back from San Diego reading this book and Dave Mustaine came up to me in the airport. I was like, Hey, is the book any good? <laughs> so <laughs> which, awesome. Which was hilarious. It's like, I was like, yeah, it's pretty good. He's like, yeah, Keith is pretty funny, dude. And then he went back to like doing whatever the fuck. <laughs> like, I love that story. <laughs> it's, it's not as if like the, the thrash scene wasn't like, you know, interacting with the fucking punk scene. Like the whole whole thing was all together all the bands that were around at that time are more or less essential listening because punk hadn't quite found a way to be like no one was making money off it they hadn't found a way to monetize it which is why you had bands like minutemen running around while this is also punk and black flag is also punk and x is also punk like no one had figured out like how to make cash and all the bands started sounding the same. Like the whole scene just like, it was a very like experimental and like, you know, bunch of kids writing really good music. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it turns out the coffee that's inside this uh, cold brew Jägermeister does exist, which is why I'm talking fast. So I'm going (laughs) to step aside. Is that a, is that a glowing review of the cold brew Jägermeister? Yeah. Yeah. I'm into it. Okay, <laughs> gonna see how the rest of this goes. Yeah, yes, we will. <laughs> Man, I I can foresee days in the future where, due to outside circumstances, I just will want to put on my headphones and listen to "World of My Ass" and just <laughs> and just like thrash the day away. You know, <laughs> like dude, same. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'll- Obviously, they're also featured in the legendary documentary Decline of Western Civilization, along with the Germs, along with X, along with all those bands. That's just that's just they got the most uh, songs per capita out of that. Probably. Uh, Yeah, they they got five. They got five songs in for their part, which I don't think anybody else got more than like two or three. You guys know who I'm talking about. Are you familiar with the broadcaster Keith Morrison? He does like Dateline NBC. He 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 does like the, like the true crime murder stories. It's like, really? Tell me more. Was he okay? You know, uh, I I just I want to hear a version of this record with Keith Morrison <laughs> on vocals. <laughs> yeah. Can we get that? Can we make that happen? Can, yeah. Can we can we get that? Keith, can can you Keith get together and make this happen, please? <laughs> I did want to I did want to say that you know. Keith Morris also formed off with a sort of a super group with, Hell yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. With Dimitri Coates from Burning, Burning Bridges. And of course, uh, Mario from uh, rocket from the crypt slash hot snakes doing a, a former skateboarder doing uh, drums. And it's, yeah, it's fantastic. Off is great. That fucking that off record charted. Like, yeah, it yeah. did super, super well. Like they, they got paid. Thank goodness. Um, they're back together right now. They're playing uh, punk rock bowling. If in fact it happens, along with Devo, fantastic. So let's get our tickets. Probably gonna get canceled in the fall. Yeah, should get tickets. <laughs> I though. got my stimmy. Yeah. yeah, I'll go. To I that. mean, cool. I don't think we need to go around the room, right? We're all no, in the positive on this. 
I'm on, I am on the positive. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great. And yeah. Watch Repo Man while you're at it. Watch Repo that's, Man. Uh, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good one yeah. too. Circle Jerks are featured in Repo Man, not just a weird non sequitur. Yeah. All right. Next time we'll be talking about Talking Heads. Remain in the light. Private swing party Friday and Saturday. Wouldn't it be nice to have a party with the couples of Burnley and Mellow? A low-key atmosphere where you can explore your most sensual fantasies with other aware sensitive couples? Ah!